Welcome to Semantics. Where we have more fun with words than you can shake a stick at. I'm Kelly. And I'm Jeff. And we're so glad you're here. Hello, Kelly. Hi, Jeff. It's been a good week. How are, you? How are you? Rested. Today, we've rested after a <laughs> whirlwind trip. I had a great time, though. We have been, I think that's kind of the story of me and you. We, <laughs> we like to stay on the road a little bit. Mm -hmm. Would you say that's true? Oh, for sure. We, you want to tell our, our friends where we've been? Yeah, we went to Nashville. We were in Franklin for a few days for a conference. I was tagging along and worked remotely while you were working. And then we went up to Nashville to celebrate our anniversary, our one year anniversary. One year anniversary. Yeah, this was uh, October 1st, which was That's yesterday. Right. Today's the second. So happy anniversary. Happy anniversary to you. I love Nashville. We mm -hmm. have individually traveled a lot to Nashville on our own That's in right. previous lives. That's right. But this was our first trip together. It was our first trip together. Yeah. I've got a bunch of friends in Nashville and mm -hmm. so do you. Yep. But in uh, this time, we didn't see we didn't anyone see anybody but us. Each other. Well, just each other. Um, I don't know if you're sick of me, but never. We spent a lot of fun time together. We did. And then uh, we saw some live music. We love. We love live music. We, we do. Some. We saw Marcus King at the Ryman. Who? Marcus Ma King Band. Marcus King Band. I don't know if maybe our listeners. They may know. Some of them may know. I'm a, I'm I'm going to bet that some of them know who Marcus King is. If you don't know who Marcus King is, do yourself a favor and get out there and check him out. He is kind of blowing up over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. I have been listening to him for about five or six years. I think somewhere around 2016 or 17, I stumbled upon him. And uh, he has just continued to amaze and just explode on the scene and he's okay. he's an amazing an amazing voice and a yeah. uh, and a wonderful talented young guitarist yeah in jazz and blues and oh my he's from uh, Greenville South Carolina and Kelly likes him oh yeah he was wonderful it was a great show it was it was so late though they played for uh, almost 2 hours so 2 hours and well there was you know the you have the opening act yeah and then and then you had the second act. And then a comedian. And then a comedian for 10, 15 <laughs> minutes who, he, he had a moment. Yeah. And then finally, Marcus King came on it. It was after 10, 10 and they played until 12.15. And they played until 12.15, which is a lot for us old people. <laughs> it is, especially when we're on a different time zone. But we rang in our anniversary at the Ryman, which was We awesome. did. Yeah, the Ryman. Kelly just kind of skipped past that, but... All the, all this time that I've spent in Nashville over the years, I had never seen a concert at the Ryman. Mm -hmm. It was really great. Oh my! It's so tiny, but so amazing. Yeah, wonderful venue. Yeah, wonderful venue. So, well, welcome to episode ten. We made it. We made it. <laughs> um, and fall is here. Are you excited for fall? Oh, you know I am. Yeah. I do not love the summer. You do not. I love all the other seasons, but I, summer. <laughs> I'm excited for fall. Do you know why? Why? Because it's almost winter. That's true. Number one. Number two is I get my walking partner back. <laughs> 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 Kelly, Kelly goes inside right around June first. <laughs> as soon as the first sweat arrives, and I don't. 
I don't even know. I've been. I feel like I've been a bachelor all summer, man. That's I have not been true. I just can't sweating and hiking and running and riding. I've gone out some, but like, I, hey, I have a hey. I have a cap. Yeah, she comes out at 10 p.m. at night and she <laughs> she rolls back into her hole at 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> so yay so uh yeah kelly gets to join me again yeah i'm nocturnal um, during the summer she's very nocturnal it's, she's it's very pleasant right now so i'm not complaining I won't, <laughs> i'll try not to complain again until summer well um i have been you what have you been reading lately well i just we love i mean here at semantics you know we're all about the words and the phrases and Mm-hmm. Uh, etymology. What, uh, but uh, we both love to read. If you don't know that about us, you probably do. But what, what have you been reading? Well, I've I just finished a book I didn't love, so I won't talk about it. But before that, I read, I know what it was. I just recently finished a biography on Julia Child that was wonderful. It was so <clears throat> long and very detailed, but what a fascinating life was it a perfect recipe of a book (laughs) it was great i really enjoyed it and it was a bit of a um it was not an easy read at all but i i enjoyed it so much Mm -hmm. i'm so inspired by her work ethic and her um, willingness to continue learning constantly and she had a lot of lifelong friends and so anyway um yeah it was a great book what about you well, I've read, I think I've read eight books over the summer since it's been so hot, spending all my time by myself. I've also <laughs> read a lot. Uh, now I've read a lot of books over the summer, but right now I'm reading a wonderful book. It's a biography of Warren Miller. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just absolutely uh, fascinating. If you don't know who Warren Miller is, I think you probably would do now because I know because you told yeah, me we've but... watched several of his videos. Yeah. And if you are a ski fan uh, or a ski or snowboarding or winter sports fan warren miller was kind of a pioneer in winter sports mm-hmm. and uh so so he was a a young man in the in in the early 40s and came of age during world war ii and was at usc studying and was drafted kind of went to navy rotc anyway ended up ended up in the navy as an officer uh actually was sunk out at sea and saved lots of his shipmates. Uh, He was on a sub chaser, but he just kind of loved that, uh, the thrill. Um, After he got out of the Navy, he just loved to surf. Mm -hmm. He loved to ski in the early years Mm -hmm. of uh, American skiing, Sun Valley, Idaho, Mm -hmm. and uh, all over the West, and then eventually the East. But yeah, he was kind of one one of the original filmmakers of skiing. Yeah, he was like a documentarian, right? He was one of the early documentarians. And had a great wit. He had a great wit. Like if you listen to a lot of his videos, he he's created this kind of a cult following mm-hmm. uh, for over 50, 50, 60 years now, mm-hmm. sixty plus years. He in the nineteen late nineteen forties and all through the fifties and early sixties. He would drive from resort to resort. Uh, he would sleep in the parking lot, do whatever they needed to do to um, be able to stay there and ski mm-hmm. during this 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 early early years of you know Western skiing. And uh, he just he bought up he bought a little video camera, an eight millimeter camera, and started taking video of everything that he saw. And he was very. Uh, just a kind of a pioneer in learning how to make 
just very entrepreneurial mm -hmm. and figuring out like somebody probably wants to see these videos. Mm -hmm. And so he started traveling around and making deals with different movie theaters to sell his film for like a dollar a seat. He talks about um, every, every roll of film was basically a uh, hundred yards. He did his very first year. He did 37 rolls of film. Oh my goodness. In Sun Valley, Idaho. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was 3,700 yards of film and that he cut it together with like scotch tape, you know, <laughs> over a period of two or three months in Los Angeles that following spring and summer and uh, made his very first full length film. Once you've got a film completed in Hollywood, they say that you take the film and you, they store the film in a big metal can mm -hmm. and that's called putting it in the can. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. So filmmaking is the origin of that phrase? That's the phrase is uh, in the can. We're going to be talking about, that was a really long lead into no, but that's in the great. can. And it also brought to mind um, when people, when you said he would uh, put them together with scotch tape, it reminded me that when something doesn't make the cut, that's also from it is. like filmmaking. It absolutely is. There's so many phrases and and or idioms that we get from filmmaking. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make the cut and uh, it's in the can. We're also, so today we're going to talk about in the can mm -hmm. and in the bag. Both of those phrases are kind of used interchangeably. Sure. For example, uh, quote, we had to lie motionless for rehearsal after rehearsal, take after take until the scene was in the can. We've got the interview in, in the can. You know, up until the mid-1990s, it was all you know, analog film, and they would store it in the can. In the bag is a phrase that we use that's kind of similar. Have you, so of, of these two phrases, in the can and in the bag, are you more familiar with? I think I knew in the can came from film, but only vaguely. And so in the bag, I mean, I've heard them both probably equally, but I have no idea the origin of in the bag, none. I think they are very, very similar. And as I was researching these, both of these phrases came about at the turn of the 20th century. Okay. So early, early in the 1920s and 30s was the beginning of the film industry. Mm -hmm. And so in the can came about in the bag also came about uh, right around uh, the 1920s. I think when I was a kid, when I would hear in the bag, I think that was probably um, more readily used phrase mm -hmm. probably identified with it more because it was used for games gotcha a baseball football yeah. or about you know the games in the bag yeah or i have this thing in the bag yeah i think of in the can as being associated with project completion more of a like people say it in the workplace more than you do in regular everyday life i hear in the bag more there in the can probably came much, much later when I realized that it was more kind of recording artists mm -hmm. or in film, yeah. like we've been talking about, uh, we're in the can. Whereas in the bag, it became kind of widely accepted uh, thanks to the New York Giants, uh, which is now the San Francisco Giants. So the New York, New York has had so many baseball teams, but the New York Giants, which won two World Series, I think in 1922, one and 22, a couple of years after the Black Sox, yeah, White Sox. Yeah, 1919. Yeah, 1919 when they kind of bet on the game to 
drop it to the Cincinnati Reds. If you're mm-hmm. you're like us, the red, stockings. the red stockings or the Cincinnati Reds <laughs> won that World Series in 1919 against the Chicago Black Sox or the White Sox, the Black Sox scandal. But yeah, the 1916 Giants, apparently they had a run of like 26 consecutive wins and they had, they always kept this bag around and it was filled with 72 extra baseballs. So, so when you are at batting practice, you also have fielding practice and you're always around the field. uh, You have like an extra huge bucket of balls or a bag of balls. 30, 40, 50, 60. They had 72 extra baseballs out there at the on the playing field at the beginning of every game. So the players would toss them. They would be batting practice. There would be pitching practice. There would be uh, fielding practice. Mm-hmm. And so um, they, were, they were also used to replace any balls that were hit into the seats in a home run or uh, balls that became too dirty mm-hmm. during the, the play to be used and so if you were the home team you had to keep also this bag of balls um to throw out and put into play if if a ball was lost or became too dirty uh during this 26 game winning streak because you know baseball players are not superstitious at all (laughs) um yeah during the winning streak they fell under the impression that if they were in the lead during the ninth inning that if they would just carry the ball bag off the field, that would ensure the win because according to the team, they had captured the game in the bag. So um, that seems to be the uh, kind of well-respected or agreed upon origin of the term. That's awesome. In the bag. That's a great story. So in the can also can mean, you know, indisposed. What? I don't know this. Here in the can. Oh, like in the toilet. Yeah. Yes, I do know this. Yes. <laughs> that's our number. That's you, our number. It's our number two definition. Of, oh, I see what you did there. In the can. I know how much you love bathroom jokes too. <laughs> you know. You know I do not. Yeah. Um, and also in the can 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 also mean other than indisposed mm-hmm. or in the toilet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number three definition of in the can is in prison or in jail oh i don't know where it derives from i did a bunch of research on it today and i have no idea yeah so that might have to be a future episode part two of in the can it's like in the clink yeah that's you're such a nerd <laughs> well we know this yeah so that's in the can or in the bag i don't know how close we are to having this episode in the can oh I was waiting to make that joke were you, you got it don't yeah. take my jokes from me well you know. you know you usually have all the jokes well i don't know i um <laughs> so are you excited for ski season i think so yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. let's see how well i do i haven't skied in six months at this point so you're gonna have it in the bag this year i'm gonna have it in the bag you know i'm gonna do better than last year <laughs> it's an <laughs> Yeah. We ski in a lovely, lovely, lovely part of uh, West Virginia. Yes, we do. Up in mm-hmm. Tucker County. I have skied all over the West, but, you know, I, I'm a, a huge advocate of you should ski where you live, mm-hmm. in your backyard, and not always wait to take these destination trips. Which yeah. Destination mm-hmm. trips are wonderful. But you well, should. provided there are ski resorts in your backyard. Yeah, if but you we, love, we if are you love lucky to ski, to have them, we are. We yeah. live. We love. We love to ski 
near the Canaan Valley. Mm -hmm. um, in Snowshoe. Canaan uh, Valley is the, the largest valley in elevation, in terms of elevation, average elevation west of the Mississippi. East. Within, yeah, that's what I meant. East of the Mississippi. What is the, the average elevation of the Canaan Valley? I would guess 3,800 feet. That's really close. No, it's 3,200 feet. Mm. Um, I think the top of Timberline is 4,200 feet. Yeah. And uh, Snowshoe is 48. But the average of 4,200 feet is amazing. There's, I think, 1,100 feet of vertical there and just wonderful snow. It's just so different. Every slope at, um, at Timberline is west-facing. Mm -hmm. And so um, more wind, less sun, and uh, just colder temperatures altogether. And uh, overall, they get like these huge, huge uh, bursts of lake effect snow. So it's wonderful. We get 170, 220 inches on average per year of snowfall. And, and Timberland uh, did not sponsor this podcast. <laughs> they didn't. We're just giving We're this just to them, them for free before we wrap up <laughs> what we put in the can. But uh, we love it there. But we we absolutely love it. We're yeah. it was cold today and it's it makes me think of Are skiing. You dreaming of snowflakes. I am dreaming of snowflakes. <laughs> I'm dreaming of snowflakes. As I go to sleep tonight and put this day in the can, in mm -hmm. the bag, I'll be thinking of skiing that white powdery fluff of uh, timberline mm -hmm. in the trees. What well, was, oh, I'm super excited about this one. That's a great story. So thanks for it's, doing the research. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. You're really cute. Thank you all for listening. This is our 10th episode. It Are is. you excited to, to do the next 10? Of course I am. I love right. doing this. It's right. fun. We will get those 10 together and we'll start putting them in the bag.